Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shabbos, 
Thank you. 
מנחוס חור, מנחוס כל אילונים, וממשל תחור בכל דוי ודוי. מנחוס חור, מנחוס חור, מנחוס כל אילונים, וממשל תחור בכל דוי ודוי. מנחוס חור, מנחוס חור, מנחוס כל אילונים, וממשל תחור בכל דוי ודוי. מנחוס חור, מנחוס חור, מנחוס כל אילונים, וממשל תחור בכל דוי Thank you. 
Ahava, Ahava, Besham 
J.M. in the A.M. Two in a row. Two in a row from Yaakov Shweki. Is that possible? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. Uh, let's see. Yaakov Shweki's Inshallah. Eight Rikod. Malchuska done by Ohad. Takes me back to Kosher Halftime Show 2018. Milach Kohn had Harani. Uh, Simcha Liner's Hamelach. You heard Hazorim done by Shlomo Katz and Likrat Shabbat. Also Shlomo Katz off of the album Likrat Shabbat. And Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM in the AM. Good morning all. It's Friday on this February the 9th. Day 24 in the month of Shvat, the year 5778, Tav Ches. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim. It is Erev Shabbos Shkalim, two Torahs tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Adar, Thursday and Friday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Adar, Thursday and Friday. Candle lighting in the New York area, 5.03. 5.03, your official candle lighting time in the New York City area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Make sure you are prepared for an amazing and incredible Shabbos. 6.34 in the morning, 26 minutes before 7 a.m. Eastern time. And I thank those of you who are tuned in around the world. Always amazing to see how many people are tuned in around the world. Listener Devora in Israel says, Nahum, we are already in full Purim mode here. <laughs> this week, I went to a pre-Purim sale of ready-made Mishloch Manot in the house of a teacher in our community. She made these packages with her sixth grade students and a lot of help from her kids. All prophets that stuck. I know this exists in the U.S., but I was particularly impressed with the lesson the students get that doing chesed is just as important as Torah study. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, listener Devora. In Israel, if you want to comment on our app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and certainly comment away. And I thank all of you who are tuned in uh, all through the week. But Friday morning is extra special as everybody's getting ready for Shabbos, and people around the world are spending their Friday with us. By the way, speaking of spending Friday with us, if you're in the Eastern time zone or a place where uh, Shabbos doesn't start at 9 a.m. Eastern time <laughs> or 10 a.m., whatever the case may be now in Israel, uh, make sure to be tuned in all day long, and I mean all day long. We have the Erev Shabbos show coming up after Naomi Nachman's table for two. Erev Shabbos show presentation of our friends at Kedem, and of course, um, uh, Mark Zamek is our host. Um, Friday afternoon, the Erev Shabbos uh, music mix continues all the way until candle lighting time. Weekend programming includes Avrami's hosting of the uh, Saturday Night Seagull show tomorrow night. Uh, Matis Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. I mean, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. And we're back Monday. It may be Lincoln's birthday on Monday. Someone told me that, that it's Lincoln's birthday on Monday. We'll be here. Yeah. We'll be here starting at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. It's our Friday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM as we get set to um, uh, continue our amazing Erev Shabbos program. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Yesterday, we had the opportunity to speak with Stan Steinreich during our live lunch broadcast. If you missed the uh, conversations on Facebook Live, go to Facebook Live slash Nahum Siegel Network. He and his company, one of the great sponsors of our Kosher Halftime Show 2018. And it took a, it took an amazing effort, really an amazing effort, um, to produce and to uh, put together that incredible production. Those of you who have not yet seen, and it was surprising to me yesterday that I came across a couple of people who hadn't seen it yet. It was surprising to me. If you haven't yet watched it, do yourselves a favor. Go to YouTube, Kosher Halftime Show 2018. Go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, and check out the video today. It's called Kosher Halftime Show 2018. Take the opportunity over the weekend 
to watch it and enjoy it. Simple as that. JM and the AM, plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Visham na shir shir chadash, visham na shir shir chadash, yibane, uvinana nale, uvinana nale, yibane, haragamananigdash, isbarach misale, haragamananigdash, isbarach misale. Keep on leaving. 
Actually, a version of Lachado D by the great guitarist, the great, the great musician Moshe Yes here at JMNAM, and we'll get we'll get to that Bowie Vashalom coming up uh, here at JMNAM. Don't worry, just uh, we got to do the top of the hour, don't we? A uh, minute to go before seven o'clock. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, on the web, and on the Nahum Single Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, before most, yes, you heard Lenny Solomon from A Shabbat in Liverpool, Derek Achim with that great Lechad Odi, Benny Friedman had Ribono, Shal Shelles with Yibaneh, a song that was um, featured, I would say, during That's Life yesterday with Miriam L. Wallach, her conversation with Yitzhak Rosenthal. Yaakov Shweki had two in a row, eight record. And inshallah, Friday morning broadcast on this era of Shabbos. Parshas Mishpatim, it's Shabbos Shkalim, believe it or not. The Dalit Parshios, the four 
special partios uh, already beginning tomorrow. This year is flying by, this 5778. So two Torahs tomorrow, plus we're going to be benching Rosh Chodesh. Uh, Rosh Chodesh benching will uh, will um, signal the beginning of the month of Adar for this coming Thursday and Friday. The Rosh Chodesh Adar will be Thursday and Friday. Candle lighting time here in the New York area, 503. 503 candle lighting time on this era of Shabbos as we get set for another incredible and amazing Shabbos. Don't forget, you can support the amazing work of JM the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network, the Kosher Halftime Show, and all the other special projects that we undertake and execute brilliantly, if I say so myself. Go to the web, fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. Make a generous donation and to help us continue our great work. Simple as that. FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. fjbunity.org. And of course... We thank you. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday. Erev Shabbos follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן גוני כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פלסטיני חמוש בסכין נעצר בכניסה למערת המכפלה בחברון, כתבנו צחי דבוש. לפני זמן קצר עצרו לוחמי משמר הגבול של משטרת ישראל, פלסטיני שניסה להיכנס למתחם מערת המכפלה כשהוא חמוש בסכין. למערכת הביטחון מזהים בשבועות האחרונים התגברות בניסיונות הפיגועים. אכן הוחלט בצה"ל לתגבר את אוגדת יהודה ושומרון במספר גדודים נוספים ויחידות מיוחדות. ראש ממשלת הודו המריא לביקור במזרח התיכון במהלכו ייוועד עם נשיא הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן ברמאללה ולא יבקר בישראל, כתבנו אריאל זיגלר. נרנדרה מודי יהיה ראש הממשלה ההודי הראשון שיבקר ברשות הפלסטינית מחר. היום הוא יגיע לרבת עמון וייוועד עם המלך עבדאללה, החזור בפני עבאס על מחויבותי לתמוך בעם הפלסטיני ובפיתוח פלסטין, כך צייץ מודי בטוויטר. בכירים במשרד החוץ ההודי הסבירו כי הביקור נועד להפריד בין היחסים מאוד יבקר גם באיחוד האמירויות הערביות ובאומן שבמפרץ הפרסי. דובר צבא מצרים הודיע הבוקר על מבצע ביטחוני מקיף נגד ארגון דאעש וגורמי אסלאם קיצוניים בחצי האי סיני. גורמי אכיפת החוק החלו בעימותים כלליים עם הארגונים הטרוריסטיים והפושעים הנמצאים בצפון סיני ובמרכזה, כך דובר הצבא. ראש הלשכה המדינית של חמאס, איסמעיל הנייה, יצא היום לקהיר. במרכז ביקורו, פגישה עם ראש המודיעין המצרי החדש, אבאס קאמל, שנכנס לתפקידו לפני כשבועיים. השניים משוחחו על השלכות הקיפאון במגעים לפיוס בין חמאס לרשות. את הנייה מלווים שלושה מבכירי הלשכה המדינית, בראשם סגנו חליל אלחייה. הקונגרס האמריקני הצביע על תקציב הממשלה ומנה השבתת מאות אלפי עובדי ממשל, כתבנו יותם לחובסקי. בית הנבחרים הצביע ברוב של כ-60 תומכים על חוק שימנע את הדממת הממשל האמריקני ויממן את פעילותו למשך שישה שבועות. החוק כולל מסגרת תקציב לשנתיים הקרובות שתגדיל בין היתר את תקציב ההגנה. הבוקר אזל המימון לפעילות הממשל והבית הלבן נערך להשבתת מאות אלפי עובדים אם הקונגרס לא הצליח להעביר את החוק. 
אלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת משפטים. בירושלים ב-4 ו-45 דקות, בתל אביב ב-4 ו-59 דקות, בחיפה ב-4 ו-49 דקות, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-5 ו-3 דקות. אלה זמני צאת השבת בירושלים ב-5 ו-59 דקות, בתל אביב בשעה 6, בחיפה ב-5 ו-59 דקות, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת ב-6. ושתי דקות. שבת שלום לכולם, תחזית מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע. היום ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, מחר התחממות. אלה החדשות בצוות איטיאל דינר ויאיר בסט.
Yisrael Werdiger with one of our favorite L'Chadodis. Uh, before that, Leif Tahar, you heard Orav Simcha in there to open up the uh, 7 o'clock hour. J.M. and A.M. at 16 minutes after 7. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on this Friday, Erev Shabbos. Nice to speak with everybody around the world, and uh, especially on a Friday on Erev Shabbos. If you missed our kosher halftime show, and again, I am shocked by some of the people who've told me 
and they haven't seen it yet, make sure to uh, make sure to uh, utilize the weekend properly <laughs> and, and get to the Kosher Halftime Show 2018 at some point over the weekend. You'll be happy you did. It really is an amazing production and a fantastic uh, and fun video. So check it out. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors for making it happen. A lot of fun. One of the... Uh, One of the sponsors of the Kosher Halftime Show, commercial sponsor, One Israel Fund, this coming Saturday night, tomorrow evening, they have their big, and I mean big, game night uh, coming up in um, in the five towns. And everybody out there is encouraged to go to the web and um, register for the event. It's the One Israel Fund Play for Israel Game Night and Israeli Auction. Tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. at the Mansion at Lawrence at 140 Central Avenue in Lawrence, New York. Register online by going to playforisrael.org, play4israel.org, and use the promo code PLAY4NSN. Play4, the number 4, NSN for Nahum Siegel Network. So use that promo code PLAY4NSN and save on your registration for tomorrow night's event. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Um, What else do I want to tell everybody about? So many things happening out there, my gosh. Don't forget that Doug Sokloff has an... Oh, and by the way, Mazal Tov. Mazal Tov to the Sokloff family. They celebrated a big Mazal Tov yesterday. We saw the news online. They have a uh, big simcha in the family. Let's see if I could pull up the details on that and give everybody their uh, their proper due when it comes to um, when it comes to the big simcha news. Um, so first of all, a reminder that the, uh, Douglas Sokolov experience is happening in Las Vegas for Pesach 2018 at the Weston Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa. And, uh, information about all of it, you want to speak with Doug at 1-800-826-5645. Again, that's 1-800-826-5645. For, uh, information. All right, so check that out and get ready for a wonderful Pesach. SokolovExp.com, S-O-C-L-O-F-E-X-P.com for uh, information on the web. That's the website that gives you all the info. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, Erev Shabbos Shkalim. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Adar, Thursday and Friday, and candle lighting time today here in the New York area, 503. Appropriate song from Chaim David Burson, brand new. It's JM in the AM.
ורחמון, אבינו ורחמון, תן תן לכולנו חיים ארוכים
J.M. in the A.M. Wow, good song, huh? L'Chunaranana, done by Chaim David Burson. It was here earlier in the week on a new music alert Wednesday. Check out the archive you missed. And so also check out the Facebook uh, Live video, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Avram Freed before that with Achim Benefesh, Matanot Tanot. That was the great Rami Kleinstein. Sandy Shmueli had Misha Asso. Words from the uh, Birchas Achodesh. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Adar will be Thursday and Friday. Uh, JM in the AM, good morning. 20 minutes before 8 o'clock. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That shall show us with, um, <coughs> excuse me, the brand new uh, album selection entitled Bismcha. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com, if you want to uh, print out hundreds of great articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, that is one amazing resource. JewishWorldReview.com gives you that opportunity. I want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com. Uh, utilizing a whole bunch of our content in their incredible news feed that includes not just Smachot, but a whole bunch of great news from around the Jewish world. Check out OnlySimchas.com every single day for all those stories. By the way, speaking of Simchas, I got the details on the big Simcha. Mazel Tov going out to Alan Sokloff of Teaneck, New Jersey, and Gabby Schwartz of Woodmere, New York. Alan Sokloff, son of Verena and Doug, marrying uh, Gabby Schwartz. They are a very recently engaged couple to the Sokloff family in Teaneck, to the Schwartz family in Woodmere. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. We, of course, have been speaking to Doug on the air recently. Alan's father about the uh, big program in Las Vegas for Pesach at the Westin Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa. Now the Sokloffs have another amazing topic to discuss with everybody, the big engagement of Alan and Gabby, and we say uh, Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, I think it's obvious to everyone by now who's been following the news <clears throat> why Malcolm Honeline is, um, ha- has been somewhat mysterious over the last couple of weeks regarding his whereabouts and refused last week to tell us in a public setting where he's going to be going with the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We do have confirmation that Malcolm will be with us next week from Israel, and that's going to be a big show because the conference will be there in Israel meeting with government officials and doing their annual February trip. Um, but let me before I introduce uh, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, who are going to join me for a few minutes and analyze some news with us, um, in just a moment. Before I introduce them, let me go through the details that the Jerusalem Post released regarding the Honeline visit to the UAE, and then we will discuss it. And again, Malcolm himself is scheduled to return to these airwaves a week from today when they are uh, securely in Jerusalem. Uh, so here's what it says. In yet another sign of rapprochement with the Persian Gulf states, a group of prominent U.S. Jewish organizational leaders led by Malcolm Honeline will travel in the coming days to the United Arab Emirates. Members of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, which Honeline leads as its executive vice chairman, will travel travel to uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai as part of their annual leadership mission before coming to Israel. The group's annual conference in Jerusalem begins a week from Sunday. The visit comes amid increasing small signs of normalized interaction between Israel and the Gulf states, including reports on Wednesday that Saudi Arabia will allow Air India to fly over its territory on flights to and from Israel and a 23-person delegation from Bahrain that visited Israel in December. Honeline told the Jerusalem Post that the aim is to, quote, foster better ties with the U.S., the American Jewish community, and Israel. Although this is not the first time his organization will bring a delegation to the UAE, he said it will be the largest. Each year the conference goes to another country before coming to Israel, among countries visited previously, Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, Tunisia, Bahrain, Qatar, Turkey, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, and Uzbekistan. The trip comes quickly on the heels of a trip Homeline made to Qatar in November, where he met with uh, Emir Sheikh Tamin bin Hamad al-Tani. A number of other prominent U.S. Jewish leaders have also visited Qatar in recent weeks. The UAE, as well as Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, 
uh, have cut diplomatic ties with Qatar and imposed a blockade on Qatar last summer. Honline has for many years maintained covert ties with the leaders of Arab and Muslim countries and regularly holds meetings with the leaders of, of Egypt, Jordan, Turkey, Azerbaijan, and other Middle Eastern states. He met with the Syrian President Assad in 2011 before the outbreak of the civil war there. And uh, Honline, who was in Israel this week, said he will not be delivering any message to the UAE from Jerusalem. So that is the story that Malcolm refused to share with us last week, uh, that in fact the conference mission led by him is going to be in the UAE and likely is there right now, I would assume. And next week he'll join us from Jerusalem and we'll get a full report. I've asked uh, both Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, who um, are heard on our network, the Malcolm Siegel Network, Thursday mornings at 9.30 with Spin Class, analyzing the world of politics and giving their opinion about this crazy world of ours that join me for a few minutes this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, Michael, Phil, good morning. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Malcolm. Good morning. Good morning. Great to speak to you. Michael, we'll start with you. Your reaction when you, uh, when you've, uh, when you heard that, in fact, Malcolm Honline and this delegation has the UAE as its target for the February trip. Well, I, I'd like to say that this is a breakthrough, uh, but you know, this is, as you mentioned, the conference uh, has met with members of the Arab League quite regularly, and over the last uh, year of this new administration, we've actually seen a significant shift among Sunni Arab countries uh, towards moderation when it comes to uh, comes to Israel. And a lot of times, despite the fact that the conference might not be delivering messages, uh, this is a precursor to closer ties, or at least a confirmation of closer ties, uh, between uh, Middle East uh, Arab countries, Sunni Arab countries, as well as Israel. A lot of them uh, have realized over the last uh, years or so, uh, couple of years that they have a common enemy in Iran. Israel shares that enemy. And now with Iran essentially uh, de facto taking over Syria, there's a lot of concern. The war in Yemen is a big concern. So Israel has mutual concerns, and we saw it last week also with the report of Israel and Egypt with their extensive security cooperation in the Sinai. Right. And that is a another indication of, you know, where common enemies make uh, essentially make diplomatic friends. When do you think these trips, and Qatar is, of course, among, uh, you know, the, the, the on the top of the list, when do you think these trips have high recommendation to remain secretive? And when do you think these trips get high recommendation for there to be publicity, as in this case, when it seems that um, some people are over-anxious uh, to let the world know that this meeting is happening at the UAE? I'll leave that to Phil, since he's you know been one of our high-ranking type of uh, uh, <laughs> officials. All right, Phil Goldfeder, uh, when do these things remain a secret and when is it an advantage to keep it that way? And when is it an advantage to use the press as a vehicle to let the world know what's happening? You know, as a recovering politician, try and keep things private, um, especially in, in these kind of settings. I mean, I, I think it really is about the purpose of the meeting, right? I, I think, I mean, you see this in the U.S. all the time. Is it about building meaningful relationships and, and starting meaningful dialogues or sending some sort of message or sending some sort of statement. I think, I think to me, it sends a really strong message that we're trying to be pragmatic in our approach and trying to really find 
uh, meaningful relationships. So sometimes in those situations, it's better to not have the publicity. To it's better to not have the pundits talking about whether they should go, whether they shouldn't go, whether it's the smart thing, the wrong thing, the right thing. Sometimes you want to just act and without sort of those outside influencers. And I, and I, I give look, Malcolm is, a, is the right person and, and the right. And I think this is, a, as Michael laid out, is really the right time to, to start some of these dialogues. Right, but there's no question that there are people behind this who are over anxious for certain countries to know about this big meeting. Right, that's obvious at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this. The Jerusalem Post said it at the end of their article, and this is both for Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, who whoever wants to take it, that he, meaning Malcolm Honline, and the delegation, I guess, would be included in that, said they will not be delivering any message to the UAE from Jerusalem. Is it possible to separate the two? Is it possible for someone to sit there in that type of capacity and that type of representation of Jewish leadership and for most people not to suspect that there is, in fact, a message from Jerusalem in there? Look, I would say, and I'll allow Michael to, to finish, I mean, the, the, I think by virtue of the fact that he's there and that the delegation is going, that all by itself is a message. Um, and sometimes that's message enough. And so, you know, whether there's a, a, the formalities are not always as important as the symbolism of, of actually going and, and, and sending that statement. Michael, what do you think? Well, sometimes these things work and sometimes they don't. I mean, the Jewish community, Jewish leadership, as uh, be it uh, the AJC, be it the Conference of Presidents, be it other Jewish organizations, the EDL, have courted Turkey over the last uh, decade. And we've actually seen the opposite of, of progress when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to Israel, as far as Turkey is concerned. Uh, but opening the door and just having a dialogue is, is in and of itself I mean, these are not uncontroversial issues. We've seen a very public attack of those who went to Qatar by Rabbi Shmuley Botea, who has been relentlessly attacking Alan Dershowitz and others right. in the press, including an article yesterday. Right. Uh, once again, so there's been a lot of... Uh, now, Qatar's a little different, and they are a sponsor of, of Hamas and the home of Hamas, etc. The UAE has moved away from that. Um, but, you know, this is a... As I said, this points to a, an overall shift in a lot of the mainstream Sunni Muslim co countries, the Gulf countries, who have recognized that uh, Israel is not their foe, it's Iran that's their foe, and if there's a way to make uh, open a door to Israel without actually opening formally the door to Israel, which might cause some controversy, they can possibly do that through the American Jewish community, and that has been a long time, that's been a long time diplomatic device uh, that, that countries have used uh, to use the American Jewish community as a proxy. Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, the uh, co-hosts of Spin Class, our political uh, a program, political analysis program, uh, Thursday mornings at 9.30 Eastern Time. They're both with us right now at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline returns next week when he'll be in Jerusalem now, as you heard uh, as we uh, discussed, based on the uh, couple of articles we saw this morning, he is leading the delegation to the UAE, and that is his preoccupation at the moment. Let's talk a little bit about this country. Michael, is there a uh, a political reason behind another thousand points lost in the stock market and this uh, the big crash, if we could use that word, uh, this week? Um, or is it simply what many point to as a correction, and it's more of a financial situation, not really based on on any political decision or news story that's happening in this country? 
Well, I think everything is is tied together. I don't want to say uh, that a, that the market ignores political instability, and even if it was for a couple hours, uh, the government shut down yet again uh, overnight and then reopens suddenly. <laughs> and that's uh, you know that's a that's a sign that in Washington they still can't really get their act together on on fiscal. Now, there's the government's going to be spending a lot more. They're concerns with regard to the debt. There's concerns with regard to interest rates, and uh, the and the market has gone up tremendously. I'm not. In, I don't consider myself a market expert. If I was, I'd probably be uh, you know sitting at a trading desk right now. But I would. But I would say this: there is no way to divorce political realities from the market. But that's why other presidents have never tied themselves to market success and market uh, downgrade. Most presidents kind of, or most. Uh, gov- governments look at the bond market and look at the money market because that's something they actually have some influence. And I should also mention there's a new Fed chairman came into office uh, this week. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but uh, Well, you know, th- well, well th- this president has not hesitated to tie his administration to the market success, correct? Uh, he has not, and I think a lot of people have uh, now explained to him why he should not have. Right, because if you're going to take credit on the upswing, you're going to get blame on the downswing, right? Yeah, I think the silence this week has been deafening, right? I think that's sort of been, I think a lot of people around the president have been trying to express to him not to tie himself to the market because of its its fluctuation. And we're seeing that exactly this week where the president hasn't, you know, said anything and, and has been, um, hadn't sort of taken any of the credit or any of the blame for what's happening in the market. And by the way, he shouldn't, right? I don't, I don't necessarily put it at his doorstep, I, as Michael laid out. I think there's no question it's tied to, to government and, and the administration, but I, I'm, I'm not screaming from the rafters that this is the president's fault in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, it works both ways. We can't talk about breaking records every time the market goes up and then sit eerily silent when the market goes down. So either we've got to own it or, we, or not. Um, and as Michael said, you know, the the current dysfunction, again, I don't lay that at the doorstep of the White House. I think in Washington overall, you know, again, is sort of, you know, illustrated and demonstrated last night with another government shutdown for no real reason other than, you know, to send a message to, to score political points. And it's, it's frustrating, and, and you're seeing that in the market, and I think in the American people all across the country. Phil, you were never involved in a state government shutdown, were you? Uh, no, I was not. We, uh... We, we were late uh, by a few hours on a budget, but um, never shut down, no. Uh, Michael, if uh, North and South Korea have warmer relations, do we give credit to the pressure of the United States or to the Olympic Games? I Seeing inside the mind of uh, Kim Jong-un is way above my pay grade. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I will say I, I am – a little bit astounded. I mean, I am astounded by the fact that he sent his sister to the Olympic Games, right. uh, reportedly his closest advisor, the first time a member of the ruling family, I don't want to say royal family, but the, you know, the, the ruling family uh, of, of North Korea, the first time one has been there since the Korean War. And, I, you know, I, I'm sure, as opposed to the, the North, people in North Korea not getting most news and not having access to the outside world, this is getting some coverage. And they in North Korea, and I imagine that a lot of people will now see and understand how much more advanced South Korea is than the North, and perhaps that is a signal of openness. 
Finally, do you guys uh, mock people like me who are trying very hard to understand the whole memo situation in Washington? And no matter what easy breakdown I read about the situation, I still can't hop what's going on. <laughs> it's I think unfortunate. Called... Oh, go ahead, man. No, it, I mean the only the word Phil used inappropriately, and I concur. It's a it, it's a nothing burger. A, a nothing burger. <laughs> you know, we we talk about. This, you know, sort of the build-up. You know, we, we talk about managing expectations, right? The build-up to this memo was was just tremendous. I mean, it was nonstop coverage of what this memo is. Should it be released? Is the president going to release it? And then all of a sudden it gets released, and it left me wanting more. I'll tell you, you know, it's, <laughs> you know some people, you know, thought it was in some way it vindicated the president, and it, it sort of it talked about the bias that, at, you know, at our law enforcement agencies, but... I don't think it did any of that. Um, and I'm equally disappointed now with the buildup leading to the, the Democratic memo or the Schiff memo, which I think is going to be equally disappointing and, and valueless to the American people. I mean, there's reasons why we have certain committees, and there are reasons why those committees are set up in a certain way. And so intelligence committees are meant to be private. They're meant to protect the national security of our country. And so we're in this game now where we're trying, you know, we're, we're, we're we're cherry-picking what should be released, what shouldn't be released in the name of transparency and vindication. And I think it's irresponsible. I think it's irresponsible for the Democrats, and I think it's irresponsible, of course, for, for the Chairman Nunez um, for sort of getting starting us down this path. Wow, interesting. Uh, Malcolm Holmlines in the UAE. I want to thank both Michael Fragan and uh, Phil Goldfeder for joining me for a political discussion this morning. Uh, we are expecting Malcolm Holmline to update us from Jerusalem one week from today. By the way, Michael, have you uh, have you made any decisions about which candidates you might be uh, assisting during the uh, midterm process coming up? Uh, I am very much in discussion with a number of them. Woo! I, we will uh, we will have to wait and see for a future program. New York area, or could be outside of this area. Uh, I, there are there's going to be a number of competitive races here in the New York area, and as Phil, Phil and I both identified. Uh, the last couple shows. All right, you're not. And Malcolm, just, just for the for the purpose of good radio, I'm going to take the other side of that of that race. As, <laughs> as you should. It's, uh... Well, I would expect nothing less, Phil Goldfeder. <laughs> In the interest of ratings, uh, thank you to both of you and Shabbat Shalom. Greatly appreciated, Michael Fragan, Phil Goldfeder. There they are. Spin class Thursdays, nine thirty in the morning. Uh, Eastern Time here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, weekly update, Malcolm Holmline returns next week. He is scheduled to be in Jerusalem after this uh, trip to the UAE. I, speaking of ratings grabber, I would strongly suggest you tune in next week. I am sure the review of that journey is going to be pretty interesting and amazing. JM in the AM, couple of reminders. First of all, the uh, One Israel Fund has their Play for Israel game night and Israeli auction happening tomorrow night. February the 10th at the mansion at Lawrence starting at 8.30 p.m. Register online by going to playforisrael.org. Playforisrael.org. Use the uh, promo code PLAY4NSN. Play the number 4NSN to um, uh, get your discount on registration for that event. Again, playforisrael.org. The promo code is PLAY4NSN. Use that code to get your discount. More coming up. Rabbi Yudin. At 8.15 this morning on Parsha's Mishpatim and Parsha's Shkullam and plenty more. Eight minutes after the hour, this is JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Micha Gammerman and uh, Bowie Kala. Simcha Liner's Marakade before that. JM and the AM on a Friday morning hour of Shabbos. Thanks so much for joining us and being part of this amazing radio experience. If you haven't seen the Kosher Halftime Show yet, make sure to watch it over the weekend, Kosher Halftime Show 2018. By the way, speaking of Kosher Halftime Show, Rabbi Oppenheim down in uh, Charlotte sent me a text. (laughs) He sent me a text that said, uh, this was from last night, I just came out of Gleberman's. Gleberman's is the Kosher restaurant down in Charlotte. I just came out of Gleberman's and David told me that people came for dinner last Sunday night and to watch the Super Bowl. He had a special hookup so that everyone could watch the kosher halftime show. Go, David, go. <laughs> I think it's safe to say, Rabbi Oppenheim continues, that it was the only public showing of the kosher halftime show south of the Mason-Dixon line. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, we may have had some friends in Florida or Georgia or Texas. <laughs> who are playing the kosher halftime show for a big group during halftime. But, hey, Gleberman's gets a massive shout-out from all of us here at JM and the AM. That is for sure. That is for sure. Um, I, got a, uh, I got the information from Matis regarding Sunday morning, this coming Sunday morning. On JM Sunday, Roman Schmulensen, executive director of CoJECO, the central coordinating body of the Russian-speaking Jewish community in New York, um, Matis will discuss the uh, the work that they do as an organization that's happening on Sunday morning. JM Sunday begins at 7 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So Roman Schmulensen, executive director of Kojeko, the central coordinating body of the Russian-speaking Jewish community in New York. They'll discuss their work on JM Sunday with Matis. Um, and uh, you have that to look forward to Sunday morning, part of our great programming. And, of course, uh, Matis is live every Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. This time, each and every uh, Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Mishpatim. Tomorrow, in addition, we take out two Sifrei Torah. The first we read Parshas Mishpatim with its 53 mitzvos, and the second we read Parshas Shkolim. It is the first of the four special Parshios that we have, two before Purim, two after Purim, and the reading of Parshas Shkolim comes from the beginning of Parshas Kisisa, which is chapter 30 in the Chumash Pasuk 11, and where it starts, and it goes through Pasuk 16. It tells the Jewish people that they are to ready their 
shkolim. Every Jew had to give a half a shekel annually for the purpose of contributing to the Beis Hamikdash in order to pay for the communal korbanos, the communal offerings. In other words, every morning a korban tomid was brought, the daily offering was brought in the Beis Hamikdash, one for the nation. Every afternoon, at the time of Mincha, a korban was brought in the afternoon. Who paid for these korbanos? Uveyoma Shabbos, the Musaf, the additional offerings of Shabbos. Shnei Kavosim Tamimim, who paid for that? It came from the monies of the Machsis HaShekel that all the Jews contributed in order to have a chilek, a share in the Korbanos. I'd like to focus this morning on the first letter of Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim begins with the letter Vav. Ve'ele ha-mishpatim. And these are the laws. Rashi tells you that the Torah could have written the word Ele. These are the laws. And if so, it would certainly have cut off this chapter from the previous one. The fact that the Torah uses the letter Vav and these are the laws is there to connect and to teach, as Rashi cites from the Mechilta, that just as in last week's parsha, that which preceded Mishpatim, it's Misinai, it comes from God, and it comes from Sinai, so too these laws come from God and come from Sinai. And I'd like to show, time permitting, three different examples thereof. Let's start with, and I strongly recommend, if you can, bring a chumash to the table tonight. Open up to Chamishi, chapter 23, and the second pasuk in Chamishi Pasuk 7, chapter 23, Pasuk 7, is most challenging. The first three words are very understandable. Midvar sheker tirchok. You shall distance yourself from falsehood, from speaking falsely. Wonderful. Now, here we go. Vinoki vitzadik, literally an innocent person and a righteous person, al don't kill. Wait a minute. Who would think that we would kill an innocent or a righteous person? And then the Torah goes on to say, Hashem speaking, kilo at stick rasha. Why not? Because I, says Hashem, shall not exonerate the wicked. What is going on here. How are we to understand this Pasuk? So remember, we have the written Torah 
and the oral Torah. And with the oral Torah, Rashi is going to give us understanding to this Pasuk. What do the words mean? V'nokivet sadik, an innocent person and a righteous person, al-tarog, don't kill. Says Rashi the following. Minayin, how do we know that if somebody was convicted in Bezdin, we're talking about a Sanhedrin Katana of 23 judges, which judges capital cases. And you need at least a majority of two in order to find somebody guilty. And so the court has voted, and indeed it's the second vote, and the vote is 16 saying that he is guilty, 7 saying that he is innocent, and each judge, and we begin with the lower-ranking judge, so they shouldn't be influenced by the older ones, higher-ranking, each judge has to say, I vote this way and why, not just innocent or guilty. What's the, d- the din, says Rashi? If somebody was found guilty and the court has finished, and, and what happened? Immediately, as they're walking the person to his death, because there is no Halonas Hadin. We don't have a criminal's role in Judaism that a person is going to just stay there. You're found guilty, you're executed. They're marching the person to his execution. When someone else comes and says, Yeshli Lilamid Olav Schus, I have something which is new information and new evidence to show that he's innocent. Guess what? Machzirin also. We bring him back. Why? Because, ah, look at the Pasuk. Vinoki al Taharog. If the man is really innocent, and we're going to find out by listening, and if necessary, we'll bring him back one, two, or any number of times until the new evidence is quote-unquote proven to be true or not true. How do we know we bring him back? Because the Torah says, Noki, someone who's innocent, al-tarog. Okay? And Avapishen tzadik. He's not a tzadik because he wasn't found to be a tzadik in the Bezdin, but still he might be Noki from the capital offense, and therefore you are to bring him back. That is one case. Second case says the Torah, Uminayin, how do I know the opposite? That somebody was found innocent in the court of 23, and the court has adjourned, finished. V'yomarechod, and someone comes running afterwards, Ten minutes later, and he says, "Wait a minute, Yeshli Lilamid Olavchova. I have new evidence to show that the man is guilty." Right? What's the din? We don't bring him back. And where is that found? In that second word, Vitzadik Al Tarog. If he was found to be a tzaddik, don't you kill him? Now wait a minute. 
Why, in the first case, do we, come on, bring him back? Because maybe he's innocent. Why not bring him back in the second case? Maybe he really is guilty. Comes along the last part of the Pasuk, Kilo Atstik Russia. God says, because I will not exonerate the wicked. I will not tolerate the wicked. Listen to the Rashi. You don't have to bring him back. Why? I won't let him get away with it. Even though he might have left your court innocent. I have many messengers, many ways, says Hashem. I will kill him. What does that mean? It means that Hashem is part of the judicial process. Elokim Nitzav Badas Keil. That's the beginning of Tilim 82. And Hashem Ve'ele. And these are the laws. God is involved in our judicial process. Number one. Number two. A very interesting law found at the sixth parak of Bavakama. Grama Benazikin. If someone damages indirectly, my neighbor's dog keeps me up every night. I appeal to my neighbor, take him out of the yard, do something. His barking keeps me up. He ignores me Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm going out of my mind. I can't sleep. What do I do? Thursday night, I take a bone. I lace it with poison. And I throw it over the fence. And I have witnesses that see I did that at 6 o'clock at night. 7 o'clock at night, the dog is barking at 8 and 9 and 10. 11, he's still barking. 12 o'clock, it's quiet. That night, I sleep. The next morning he finds up and he sees the dog and he sees the bone and he realizes what happened and he says, you, my neighbor, I'll see you in Besden. They come to Besden and he says to the Besden, this man killed my dog and he brings the bone and he shows. And the Besden looks at the man and says, look here, you killed his bone, his dog, excuse me, But we cannot obligate you to pay for the damage to the dog. Why not? Because you killed the dog, Ayadei Groma, indirectly. Had you shot the dog, you'd certainly be chayav to pay. But since the damage was indirect, it didn't have to happen. It could have rained and washed the poison away. Somebody could have come into the yard and taken the door, the bone away. So the idea is, since it wasn't a definitive kind of a damage, you're not chayev bidei adam. You're not chayev man to man. But they turn to him and they say, but you are chayev lotzeis yodei shamayim. There's a higher realm of obligation here. You owe it to heaven. Heaven considers you a mazik. Heaven considers you someone who did damage to this man. And so, and these are the laws, because listen carefully now, God is involved in this process. You owe it to him. He's part of the object, part of this 
court process. If you don't owe it, man, that the man, the court, cannot convict. The higher conviction comes from Hashem. And finally, in Reb Zilberstein's latest Sefer, called Upirio Masuk, so he has the following case. The chuppah was perfect. The, the chassan and kala go into a yichud room, and they get up, they're ready to go out to greet the crowd, to dance. He opens, he's about to open the door, and the kala takes a look at the back of his suit. She lets out a scream. What happened? It seems that there was a wicker chair that normally a kala sits on, and the chassan didn't sit only at one of the two chairs that were prepared for the chassan and kala and the food around the table. He went to the side and he sat on the wicker chair that was meant to be for a kala that had been freshly painted that day and they didn't put down fresh paint. They didn't put that sign on the chair. The chassan gets up, he can't wear the suit, fortunately brought another suit to the wedding. Now at the end of the night, the whole wedding went perfect, but the father of the groom says, I'm deducting $300 from the bill because of your negligence, because you didn't put the sign wet paint. Says the owner of the hall, what do you mean? What was your son doing in the chair? What do you mean? The chair was there, not too far away. So what's the law? Discuss it at your table tonight. Who is right? Meaning, can they deduct the $300 or what was he doing on the chair? And if it was on the chair, why didn't they have the sign? Says Reb Zilberstein in this week's parsha, the Torah says in chapter 21, plus 33, talking about a bore, literally a pit. Okay, so what does that mean? A pit is... Something you dig in the ground is something which you go to for damage. And the Torah says, if you fall in there, who does the falling? Literally an ox or a donkey. And the Gemara in Bavakama 28b comes to teach us, you pay for an ox, but not for a person. The ox couldn't see necessarily where he's going, but a person should see. And Chamor comes to teach me, you don't pay for Caleb, you don't pay for vessels. Says Rabbi Zilberstein, the suit is like a vessel. From the letter of the law, the owner of the hall does not have to pay. Bidei Adam. The only question is now, Bidei Shamayim. Does the owner of the hall have to pay? Says the Birkas Shmuel says that you do have Bain Adam Lam. Makom, you do have between man and God in the case of the Kalim of a boar, and says the Chazon Ish, no, you don't. Very, very interesting. And these are the laws that we are discovering what God meant when He said, Shor Volo Adam, Chamor Volo Kalim. God is involved very much in our judicial process. Shabbat Shalom to all. Avinu, Avinu, 
J.M. in the A.M. with Yaakov Shweki. Off of We Are a Miracle, Chaim Shal Shalom. J.M. in the A.M., good morning all. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin, of course. Uh, a Friday morning broadcast on this Erev Shabbos. As we get set for Parshas Mishpatim, Shabbos Shkalim, Obench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Adar will be Thursday and Friday. Lots going on. Big, big Shabbos, to say the least. Don't forget the One Israel Fund has their Play for Israel event, the game night and Israeli auction tomorrow night at the mansion at Lawrence, 140 Central Avenue in Lawrence, New York. Register by going to playforisrael.org. Playforisrael.org. You can also use the promo code PLAY4NSN. Play the number 4NSN to get your discount on registration for tomorrow night's event. One Israel Fund. Check it out. Want to wish a mazel tov to the Lauer and Listman families. The uh, big wedding is coming up, and I believe the offer of is this Shabbos. Yeah. So to the Lauers and to the Listmans, mazel tov from all of us here at uh, JMM. In fact, I tried to uh, ca- to call Avi Lauer just minutes ago to give him a personal mazel tov wish. So to Woodmere and to West Hempstead and to the Lauer and Listman families, we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. As we said earlier, big mazel tov to the uh, Sockloff and Schwartz families, Gabby Schwartz and Woodmere, Alan Sockloff and Teaneck, Rena and the Dugs, Alan Sockloff. They are a recently engaged couple. We say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. That's wonderful news. We get to spread a lot of good news, thank God. Uh, Matis Weingast is going to be hosting a JM Sunday this coming Sunday. And his guest, Roman Schmulensen, Executive Director of Kojeko, the central coordinating body of the Russian-speaking Jewish community in New York. They'll talk about uh, the work that Roman as Executive Director does and what the organization's all about. That's this coming Sunday part of uh, JM Sunday. starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, All the way until 9 o'clock Eastern Time right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up next, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Naomi Nachman hosts Gil Chovav, Israeli food journalist, Miriam Schreiber from Miriam's Legacy Tours, and Des Dahlia, dough master at Broad Street Dough Company, all guests of Naomi Nachman on the Encore presentation of Table for Two coming up at 9 o'clock. Erev Shabbos Show, sponsored by our wonderful friends at Kedem. That begins at 10 with Mark Zamek. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, also sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday Night Siegel. Avrami hosts beginning at 9 p.m. with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler in the Torah portion of the week. And uh, Sunday, as we said, Matis with JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Um... A special hello to listener Seema, who just commented on our app that she finally got a chance to see the Kosher Halftime Show. It was really great. Thank you very much. Spread the word, everybody. Yesterday, I came across somebody who hadn't seen it yet, and I told them to, oh, I know who it was, right. And I said, you got to make time over the weekend. Got to make time over the weekend to check it out and to see how amazing it was. Uh, we'll see, in fact, if they're uh, if they're able to do so. And uh, everybody out there, if you haven't yet seen it either, 
go to YouTube, search Nahum Siegel Network, or no, no, go to YouTube and search Kosher Halftime Show, or go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. That would be the best way to uh, handle it. All right? Simple as that. Um, more coming up. It's JM in the AM. Let's 
Greenfeld had Yichad Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting in New York, 5.03. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Erev Shabbos, 
Obentrashchodesh tomorrow. But first, of course, it is time to say good Shabbos. Journeys at JM in the AM. Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Oh yes, you could say that again. And what an amazing week this has been. Reaction to the uh, Kosher Halftime Show 2018 and everything else that's been going on. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. We'll dedicate the last couple of minutes of this radio show to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. The men's basketball team in 2018 are 7-1. They are enjoying a seven-game winning streak, and they've got their fans, including the Siegel family, completely hooked on their recent accomplishments. They have another game coming up on Sunday. Who knows what kind of damage they can do in the Skyline Conference in the month of February. So to the Yeshiva University, Max and Coach Steinmetz, Kolakavod. Have a fabulous um, Shabbos, wonderful weekend, everybody. Naomi Nachman is next, followed by the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. Have a great Shabbos, great weekend. Till Monday, Nachman Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.